we are coming at you in back-to-back weeks because we have probably the most famous guest we've ever had on the show. And we've had some pretty famous guests, but this one tops the list here to promote his newest book about the Royals. Want to find out who? Stay tuned. Wow, wow, wow. We are here with you for episode 68 of Podcast Royal, and we just interviewed James Patterson. Can we just take a moment for that, Jessica? (laughs) That was a great interview. He was so interesting. And, you know, listeners, come for the Royal talk and stay for the Clintons and the Trumps and, like, things we never asked for. He just, our cup runneth over with James Patterson. I don't often get nervous in interviews anymore, but before we started recording, before uh, Mr. Patterson got on the call, you know, I was so nervous (laughs) and I don't get, I don't get phased like that anymore, but he is the best-selling author in the world. So what a moment for us and for Podcast Royal. I know um, that was super exciting. And yeah, you were definitely fangirling and um, (laughs) I normally don't, don't see you that nervous before an interview, but, um, but it turned out really great. It was a wonderful conversation. Yeah, it really was. And before we get started, we have just a super brief Royal rundown today, but I wanted to say thank you so much to those that have reached out after I shared my heart and my news last week. If you want to know what we're talking about, you can go back to episode 67 and see what I mean. I do not want to get into that again because I'll start crying. The funeral is on Saturday, but um, I am so thankful for everyone's kindness and thank you so much. You make me believe in the good of this world again. So thank you. And thank you to you, Jessica, since we recorded last, you and I had dinner you brought me a plant that it's been a week and I haven't killed yet. So that is so fantastic. That's pretty good for me. So, you know what I think we should do? We don't, we haven't done this in a while. We should reintroduce ourselves because who knows who James Patterson is going to bring in. So I am Rachel. And I am Jessica and um, Rachel and I are, we are two friends based in Birmingham, Alabama. And during the pandemic, we started, you know, getting together at a restaurant, we would eat outside and chit chat and catch up and uh, the world was kind of shut down and we were looking for something to get involved in. And one thing we love chatting about when we went to dinner with the Royals. And yep. so one night, um, the idea for this podcast was born over dinner. And um, it's been so much fun the past almost two years now. I was thinking about that when we were chatting with Mr. Patterson earlier. And that is, I just cannot call him James. Like there's something about him. Like I can't call, <laughs> I cannot call him James. Um, but we're almost rounding the bend to our second anniversary, which is in November. And so that is, that's wild. And, you know, hopefully many more to come, but before we get into the meat of the episode, we always start each episode with a little bit of what we're, we call it what we're into. It's a little bit of levity from Royal life and kind of introduces a bit of pop culture or whatever's going on in our lives into the mix other than the Royals. So what are you into this week? Well, it's definitely not pop culture coming from me this week. Um, So (laughs) this week I am into morning walks and summer minestrone. So I know that sounds weird, but let me explain. Um, I don't typically wake up 
super early in the morning. I'm not like a morning workout kind of person. Um, but recently, I don't know if it's just like, you know, in the summer, the sun comes up early, you know, the weather is nice. And there's been a few mornings where I've just naturally awakened before my alarm. And, you know, I was laying in bed and I was like, I can go back to sleep or I can get up. And so I decided to take a morning walk and I've done it a few times and it's been really nice because, you know, it's not super hot outside yet. The sun is out. It's really quiet. Um, one morning I was even out walking and I actually came up on a deer. Oh, wow. Out and, um, you know, it, it trotted off in front of me pretty quickly, but um, it was really fun to see and just a great way to take in some nature and some vitamin D before the day gets started. Um, so I've been doing that when I, when I do wake up before my alarm. And then the other thing that I have been into is making minestrone soup. Um, you know, that's like an Italian vegetable soup. And I do this almost weekly, um, or I've been doing it this summer. So this is a really good way to clean out the fridge with leftover produce that you might have at the end of the week. Um, I just kind of threw together my own recipe, but basically I chop up whatever leftover summer veggies I have. Typically it's zucchini, potatoes, onions, garlic, carrots, bell pepper. And then I usually have a bag of shredded kale and, you know, some chicken broth or something on hand. And then one night, if you, you know, don't feel like cooking a big elaborate meal, put all those veggies in a pot, make a soup. Um, and then one other thing I like to do is add a spoonful of pesto, um, on top when I, when I put it in the bowl and it's just a great extra punch of flavor. So I'm hoping that has inspired someone out there to join me in morning walks and summer minestrone, but, um, that that's been what I've been up to recently. <laughs> Jessica, you remain hashtag goals for me. I, I, yeah, I mean, goals all day, way to be, way to prioritize your physical health, cooking, all of the things that I say someday I will do that as I, you know, continue on almost 36 years and don't make that a regular part of my routine, but I love that. And um, you have a great neighborhood to walk in as well. Like I really, I love your neighborhood so much. I'm actually about to move on September 1st, not to your neighborhood, but if there were ever an opportunity to move to your neighborhood, I would do that in a heartbeat. Well, come join me for a walk anytime. You're at yeah, what time though? <laughs> well, we don't, we don't have to do it at like 6am. We can do it anytime, but, um, but I'm super excited yeah. about your move too. And, and you'll have to tell us all about that when that happens. Yeah. So, well, and we'll get to this, but we're going to do our summer break. Um, I'll, but I'm getting ahead of myself. So let me talk about what I'm into this week. So I had the chance to catch mine is actually Royals related this week, which it use, is not always usually is not. I caught an advanced screener of the princess, which is a new documentary about princess Diana that will be available on HBO max on Saturday or September August 13th. It will be uh, available this upcoming Saturday, August 13th. We are obviously going to be seeing a lot of Diana content for the rest of this month in the lead up to the tragic 25th anniversary of her death on August 31st. In fact, most of our interview with Mr. Patterson is about Diana and about the 25th anniversary. This documentary, The Princess, is definitely worth a watch, listeners. I highly recommend it. I am obviously into the fact that we have James Patterson on the show today. He has written a new book 
Diana, William, and Harry, the heartbreaking story of a princess and a mother, which is out August 15th, which is next Monday. I read it in one sitting and I just gobbled it up. But before we get into the rest of the show, including our interview with Mr. Patterson, I want to do a little housekeeping and tell you that as we typically do in August, normally we would actually be on our summer break right now. We kind of follow the lead of the royal family and they take off the month of August generally, but we are dipping into mid-August because of my Europe trip, then my COVID, and then to recognize this milestone anniversary with Diana. Um, But as we typically do in August, we are going on vacation for a month. So I have a funeral this weekend. I'm in the middle of a move, which will happen on September 1st. You are about to go in a couple days on a much deserved vacation. And I think I can speak for both of us when I say we both need a reset to come back September 14th, ready and raring to go. So we're going to be off for slightly over a month. As I said, the Royals are on summer holiday anyway, they're they're at Balmoral or wherever they're traveling. So there's not a ton for us to tell you right now anyway. So that's a little housekeeping. This will be our last episode until mid-September. So any other notes on that before we get into your fashion pick of the week? No. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll be on a little break and we'll, we'll try to stay active on our Instagram, um, when we can, but we definitely do need this time to reset and it's a good time to do it since our Royals are on break. Of course, if anything, um, super exciting happens, we'll, uh, we'll be sure to keep everybody posted. Yeah. If anything major happens, we'll come back, but, um, typically this is a really quiet time of year for the Royals. So we're going to take advantage of that and do some resetting ourselves. I, I know that I personally need it and um, everybody deserves a little break sometimes. So let's get into segment one, which is your fashion pick of the week. Okay. So my fashion pick of the week is not so much a pick, but more an interesting discovery that I happened upon this week. So I saw an article recently that highlighted Meghan Markle's outfit from the Platinum Jubilee service of Thanksgiving event at St. Paul's Cathedral. Listeners, you'll probably remember Megan wore that like muted grayish white Dior coat dress and she had a matching hat and heels, very monochromatic look. And I think I remember us commenting on the pod that that we really liked that outfit that she wore for that event. Um, Anyway, this week, the internet has once again dug deep into the archives and found a strikingly similar look um, worn by another royal wife that was actually not Princess Diana. I know we talk a lot about them, both both Meghan and Kate kind of giving nods to Princess Diana, but this royal wife was Wallace Simpson, the wife of Edward III, um, and she actually wore an almost identical dress by Givenchy and Balenciaga back in 1951. Um, And Rachel, I've got the photo pulled up here so you can look at it. No, that's wild, but hold on a second. First of all, I think you misspoke on accidents, Edward VIII, but- Oh, um, I'm sorry, yes. No, you're fine, it happened mistakes happen but um it's by Givenchy and Balenciaga because I know Megan's outfit is Givenchy but it's interesting that is Wallace is by both interesting well I actually okay well let's let's fact check here because I read online that Megan's coat was Dior oh I'm sorry you're right you're right you're right that is my mistake it is Dior. You're right. I'm thinking, sorry, I'm thinking of another outfit. Yes, this is Dior. This is Megan is in Dior at the Platinum Jubilee. It's that white outfit listeners. We need to put this side by side 
on our Instagram because that's crazy. I mean, this is like from the collar to the gloves to the belt. It is truly, I mean, an almost identical look. You can tell Megan's collar is a little bit bigger. Um, But, you know, so my thought here is, you know, what do you think about this? Do you think it was intentional? Um, Do you think Megan was trying to send a message with this? Or uh, do you think she even knew when they when they picked this dress out? I mean, I have no idea. I don't know how, you know, I don't know if Megan goes deep into the Wallace Simpson archives. I have to tell you that I don't go deep into the Wallace Simpson archives. I, uh, I mean, I, Diana, yes, the queen, yes, Princess Margaret, yes. But I mean, I don't really, you know, comb the internet for pictures of Wallace Simpson, but this is kind of taking my breath away a little bit because if it's not intentional, then man, that's a weird coincidence. Cause you know, there's the whole, the whole thing. The only difference obviously is that Wallace Simpson is not wearing a hat, but that doesn't take away from the fact that these looks are strikingly similar. Okay. But you know, play devil's advocate. If she is looking at this picture of Wallace Simpson and using it as style inspiration, I wish on the Wallace Simpson picture, we could see where the dress cuts off, you know? I did see another full length picture. And I want to say, if I remember correctly, I think Wallace Simpson's was a similar length, but I don't know that the skirt was as full. I feel like it was a little more. Yeah. It looks like Wallace's uh, skirt is, you know, very A-line and close to the body and Megan's flares out a little bit. Wow. That's, that's, I want to know who on the internet has some, has this kind of time because I want to be that person to have this kind of time to comb through but I mean yeah it's it's uncanny and undeniable that these that these looks are very similar but what do you think she would be trying to say if let's say that she found this photo of Wallace Simpson and said Dior do this for me what do you think the message would be though you know you know I don't know if Megan actually knew I don't know if she knew about this I I feel like it's obvious that the that the dress designer knew this. I mean, I don't know how they wouldn't. This is a clear replication. Um, so, so somebody knew. Now they may have showed Megan, and she may have signed off on it um, and been okay with it. But, um, but I don't think this was a complete accident. I mean, there's the no way. The sleeves are a little different. Wallace's sleeves are cuffed, but. I mean, it's, it's, I guess it's, a, it's more of a modern take. Honestly, it's, it's yeah. an almost identical modern take on Wallace Simpson's dress. Wow. Yeah. You, will you put this on the Instagram? Cause this is, yeah. this is striking. I have, I think this is the first time I've ever seen actually that I can remember anyway, a side by side of Wallace Simpson with a member, with a current member of the Royal family. That is, that is striking. Wow. <laughs> that's a, whoever found that that's that's very fascinating yeah so we'll post it on instagram and listeners comment and let us know what what you think if they were trying to send a message or uh you know if you have any thoughts on it that is interesting well you've just done blown my mind and i like uh, thanks for including the photo because as a reference because that obviously helps so much i mean to the side yeah listeners you'll you'll see this on instagram whenever we post it it's pretty striking Wow. Okay. Well, let's move into, that's your fashion pick of the week. It sure is. <laughs> okay. Um, that's, a, well, I guess that Megan's wasn't that long ago. I was going to say that's a major throwback, but uh, Megan's was from just from June. So a couple months ago, but let's move into a pretty brief segment to Royal Rundown. So the day of speaking of Megan, 
after we've just compared her look to Wallace Simpson's. The day after our episode dropped on August 3rd last week, it was Megan, the Duchess of Sussex's birthday. She turned 41. So happy belated birthday, Megan. We put a post up on our Instagram about that. I was pleased to see William and Kate as well as Charles and Camilla send her well wishes via social media. A lot of tongues were wagging that Her Majesty did not, but I'm not going to read too much into that because um, Her Majesty's on vacation, even though I know it's not, you know, the queen sitting behind Instagram or Twitter. Mm-hmm. Actually, I very like, very unlikely that it's her that is actually posting. But Megan spent her birthday privately surrounded by quote unquote family and dear friends. That's all we got. And Beatrice, Princess Beatrice had a birthday this past Monday, the 8th, and Princess Anne's is next week, the 15th. So mix in those happy occasions with the sad occasion of Diana's landmark anniversary this month. And we've got a lot of dates to mark. And I know we talked about this last year around Diana's death anniversary, but I want to share again. Do you remember where, because we're going to talk to Mr. Patterson about this in a minute. Do you remember where you were, what you were doing. We were young. I was 10. So you would have been 10 as well or nine. Yeah. Um, I think I would have been 10 as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, yeah. It's right before my birthday when I turn a year older than you, but do you remember how you found out? Um, you know, I have a vague memory of like that period and in her death. I mean, I remember like, um, you know, her funeral and, you know, Elton John's song that was released and, you know, Mm -hmm. some little trinkets that, you know, they were putting out around the time of her death. Um, I've got actually a little thimble. I think my grandmother got, my grandparents got when they went to England, um, of princess Diana, that's got her birth date and, and death date on it. Um, I don't remember where I was when I heard the news. Um, but I do remember that time. Um, and you know, just all of the, you know, whatever was going on in, in media and all the chatter about it. Um, back then, I wish I could remember where I was when I had heard it. Yeah. Well, I think my situation's unique because my mom was such a fan of Princess Diana and, you know, the trickle down effect of that was so was I. And I was also so in love at this point with Prince William, who, you know, I would like, I, I would say was pretty much it from this time until probably he was out of college. It was like his peak handsome years, if I do say so myself. But um, listeners, before I tell my story, we'd love for you to write in, either DM us on Instagram at Podcast Royal or email us at hellopodcastroyal at gmail.com and tell us where you were. And um, we just might read some of them on the air. So tell us, your Diana story, especially if it's fascinating, but mine is, so I was 10, my birthday, September 25th. So I was about to turn 11. And we, at the time I was born and raised in Kansas, but we, my mom got a job transfer to San Antonio. And that weekend, if I'm not mistaken, that was Labor Day weekend. And we were down in San Antonio looking at houses. We ended up moving in December of 1997. We were looking at houses And we were staying at a hotel. And I remember that afternoon I had swum in the pool. We had gone to dinner at this restaurant that I recently learned closed down in San Antonio. If any of our listeners are in San Antonio, you'll understand my devastation. It was called Sea Island. It was the best seafood I've ever had. And so we ate at Sea Island. We came home. I was asleep 
in the bed because this happened, I was 10. So, you know, this, this happened, if it happened, if she died at 4 a.m. Paris time, that would have been about 9 p.m. our time. And so anyway, I woke up and I saw that there had been a car accident and that Dodie had died. And, you know, I, even, even at that tender age, I was super into like, you know, all the tabloids, like I would go read the tabloids while my mom grocery shopped. And like, I was just really into celebrity news, even at that age. And, um, I remember being really shaken that, that Dodie had died. And then, um, I fell back asleep and I woke up and my mom was crying and I said, she's dead, isn't she? And she just nodded and said, yes. And so that is how, I found out. And then by the time of the funeral, which was that next weekend, that next Saturday, September 6th, we were back in Kansas and mom and I watched the funeral together and just cried and cried and cried. And um, when I watched the princess documentary this past weekend, it shows the funeral and the boys at the funeral, William and Harry at the funeral. And in particular, Harry looks so young and just so incredibly sad and vulnerable and like the card that said mummy and all of the memories and so you know we just we honor Diana always on this show I think but especially um with this tragic anniversary so like we'll talk a ton more about Diana in our interview but I just you know I always I always find because it's one of those moments like I wasn't obviously alive when JFK was assassinated but it's just one of those I think it's one of those cultural landmark moments where if you were old enough to remember you know where you were and so listeners please write us and let us know what your story is uh, because I know some of you have interesting stories well thanks for sharing Rachel Um, yeah of course I've heard that before and I'm sure our listeners who have who have listened for a long time now have maybe heard that, but um, it's good to to revisit and kind of share those memories because we've got a lot of new listeners that have joined us lately. We do. We've had we've grown a lot in the last year, so um, maybe we won't share it again next year. But here we are again for a second year. Well, speaking of other important dates, you mentioned Princess Beatrice's birthday. Um, I was actually scrolling Instagram yesterday, and what popped up on my screen was a photo that Edo had posted. It was a really sweet birthday shout out to his wife. And so he shared a photo of her in this like black leather jacket. It looked like they were on the water. I don't know if they were in a boat or something, but in his caption, he said, you are the world's best wife. Along with this, you are the best mother in the world. We love you so very much. Happy birthday, my darling. And at the end of the message, he added a heart emoji and the number eight. So I'm wondering what that little secret message meant. Um, Well, I bet I can tell you. I was going to ask you, is it something special between them? Well, she was born on 8888, so that would probably, I would guess, be her lucky number if she had a lucky number. Um, August 8th, 1988 is her birthday, so I would say eight is an important number to her. Good call out. Yeah, I was sitting there thinking and like, oh, you know, it didn't even dawn on me because, you know, I should have known that. Um, But I was like, let's see, an eight is kind of like a sideways infinity symbol. I was like going through all these. Also that. (laughs) <laughs> I was just wondering what, what you might've meant. So I'm glad you have solved the mystery for us. Um, listeners, Princess Beatrice turned 34 yesterday. So happy birthday to, to be in. Um, I just, I thought that was a cute message. I wanted to, to mention that. 
you can always count on Edo for that romance. I I really love Edo and Beatrice as a couple there. And Edo is always so sweet with, he's one of the few royal guys that has an Instagram and usually posted some, um, some never before seen pictures on her Instagram for her birthday. So just a lot of love all the way around. So yes, happy, slightly belated birthday, Beatrice. And just really quickly, I want to follow up on a news story that we talked about on the show before. So an intruder armed with a crossbow who snuck onto the grounds of Windsor Castle on Christmas Day. Listeners, you may remember this. I know we've spoken about it on the show and obviously it made headlines. Um, this individual who I'm not going to name because I don't like to give you know any airtime to, to criminals, but um, this individual has been charged and he will appear in court on August 17th. So I'm glad to see justice being served here. And hopefully it serves as as an example that, you know, you can't just walk on the grounds of Windsor Castle with a crossbow with the queen and Charles and Camilla inside. So at least things are moving in that regard. Well, we've got one more story on the Royal Rundown today that we want to mention. So I thought this was really fun to see. Um, Catherine, the Duchess of Cambridge, was named number one on Tatler's best dress list for 2022. So, of course, um, that's great news uh, to us since we are big fans um, and we love her fashion. And we definitely agree that she's been nailing it lately in the fashion department. Um, I did want to mention, though, they chose a photo of her in one of her current favorite polka dot patterns. Um, but I found myself no looking at the dress. Well, okay. So this was the white dress that she wore at Royal Ascot. Um, and I know we like to tease about the polka dots, but I thought it was a really lovely photo. And I was wondering, are polka dots starting to grow on me? I'm not Uh-oh, sure. Oh, you're getting infiltrated. The Kate effect is taking over your mind. I know. So I would be open to maybe seeing if I could incorporate something into my fall wardrobe, but no promises. Don't you no. dare jump off this ship with me and leave me here <laughs> alone on this ship. But I will say that look in particular was super inspired by Princess Diana. And so when she does it like that, I don't mind it so much because if like you talk about a side by side, um, Diana wore it to, I think it was, it wasn't Royal Ascot. It was another horse, Epsom, Epsom Derby or something like that. And in 1986, if my memory, I wrote a story about it from Marie Claire and um, this, the looks are strikingly similar. So um, I, that one I can stand, but it's just overkill. I'm not going down the yeah. rabbit hole again, but anyway, don't jump off the ship with me, man. Leave me all he- alone here, but okay. But well, I, could, you know, know huh? no promises. I mean, I would have to come to <laughs> a really great version. Yeah. Um, but anyway, the article does ask what a modern duchess looks like. Um, and the answer provided by Tatler was everything should be perfectly tailored embracing current catwalk trends through a lens of appropriate dress links and classic silhouettes. Oh, and plenty of Alessandra Rich. So um, that was a fun little quote. Um, You can find the top 10 best dress according to Tatler online. You can just Google search that article and it'll pop up. I completely agree with this pick. I'm a huge fan of Kate's fashion. So um, congratulations to the Duchess of Cambridge. And um, as we said, it's light news week this week. And that's why we're taking August off because it would just be like this every week. But let's get into the main event. Here is our chat with none other than James Patterson. Take a listen.
today on the show, we have the world's best-selling author whose latest, Diana, William, and Harry, The Heartbreaking Story of a Princess and a Mother, will be released August 15th, just in time for the milestone 25th anniversary of the Princess of Wales' death in a Parisian car accident on August 31st, 1997, at the tender age of just 36. I'll be 36 next month, so that's especially poignant for me. So James Patterson is here. He is a legend. You know this man. His books have sold over 400 million copies. He created characters we love like Alex Cross and Michael Bennett, as well as the Women's Murder Club series. He's also collaborated with little-known individuals you may never have heard of, like President Bill Clinton, Dolly Parton, to help launch their literary careers. No big deal. Very kind of you. Mr. Patterson, it's an honor to have you here. Welcome to Podcast Royal. Well, I'm glad to be here. Let's uh, let's get into it. <laughs> let's do it. So, okay. It's an honor to have you here today. This book is nonfiction, but it yeah. reads like a suspenseful James Patterson novel that we've all read and we've all loved. And it's about real people though. And sometimes the truth is stranger than any fiction, as I'm sure you well know, such is the case with many parts of this story. So please correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe this is your first foray into the wild, wild west of writing about the royal family. So why tackle this topic and what drew you to this? Um, yeah, I, what I try to do in the nonfiction that I've done, which ranges from, you know, Jeffrey Epstein's story, which I did in 2016 before actually it was, he was infamous or as infamous, um, to walk in my combat boots, which is about the military. And in this case, what I, I didn't think the world needed another book about her as a princess, but her as a mom, I don't think that story has really been told. And what I try to do in all my nonfiction is to just tell story after story after story. I mean, kind of make a movie for people, just yeah. scene after scene after scene um, and, and try to get people to understand who she was. And I don't think a lot of people think of her as a mother and how important it was to her and to her survival when she was in the royal family. Um, so that's that's what got me into it. And And my wife has always been a, a, a big um, follower, fan. I don't want, fan maybe isn't quite the right word. Um, uh, so she was very interested in anything about Diana. A lot of people are, but I was particularly interested in her as a mom, how, how that, the, you know, this, the, the, the nature of the royal family. I mean, there's a, at one point, um, uh, she used to, she would sleep on the floor with the boys and all sorts of, you know, really, mom kinds of things and the the queen didn't understand it and she said you know there there are millions of housemates we could have here in here doing that stuff and 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 that that's a wonderful quote because it gives you a sense of how out of step she was with the royal family yeah. they had a way of doing things that's the way charles was brought up and 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 she didn't want to do it that way she wanted to have a normal whatever normal means but a normal kind of uh, uh, family, um, and, and that was that was really important to her. Yeah, your research for this book was really extensive. Can you walk us through how you approached researching for this? Well, I, I think the biggest thing. I mean, I did some interviews, but the biggest breakthrough was getting a hold of or being aware of the, the UK press archives. And, and the UK Press Online, they have I, I, something like 2 million searchable 
pages. It's an incredible amount of information. It's it's what reporters and commentators uh, uh, you know have to had to say about Diana all the way along the you know through her years in mm -hmm. uh, uh, as as uh, uh, Charles's wife, and and most of that information has never been released in the U.S. So a lot of this will be new to people. Some of it will be familiar. Uh, but as I said, a lot of it, especially in terms of, um, of, of, of her and her experience with the boys. And, and um, you know, I think this book gets at sort of the heart of who she was. It gets at her soul. It gets out of the core. And, and she said, and it's in the book, that the first time that she experienced true happiness was when she held William in, in, in her arms as, as, a, as a, yeah. when he was a baby. Uh, and she had been a, a, a nursery school teacher. So that mm -hmm. was really close to her anyway. Um, and, uh, and so that's very special. The other thing, I mean, something that surprised me was she had a, a real sense of fun and, and, and you know, a, a little naughty. In, in a cool way, she used to. When William was at in, in prep school and whatever, she used to send him these kind of you know semi dirty cards uh, with with very warm sentiments in them. And when he was thirteen, uh, which was pretty cool, he came home for his thirteenth birthday, and she had all these famous uh, 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 models mm -hmm. who um, you know his pictures had been on the. Uh, on, 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 on William's wall, who each other, Claudia Schiffer and Christy Turlington and uh, Naomi Campbell. And she invited them to, to, to birthday party, just, just William <laughs> and Harry and, and these three models. I mean, and, and that was kind of cool. And the, bir and the birthday cake that she gave them was in the shape of a breast. Um, <laughs> you know, so that's cool. I mean, it's, it's, that's like kind of a neat mom. And, you know, after she died, the boy said she was, she was the best mom in the world. And I don't think people, necessarily see her that way um but the boy sure did and and i think that that's what makes his story special yeah i mean i've always seen her as a wonderful mom and that anecdote about the supermodels only princess diana could have pulled that off uh -huh, uh -huh. let me tell you but you're right jessica and i are both royal reporters and there are anecdotes from this book that i had never heard of and so if, if we're saying that and we study the royal family inside outside backwards forwards then, you know, a casual reader, you're right, is going to learn so much. There are so many great details from the book, Di like Diana spilling perfume on her wedding dress. She was nervous. Uh -huh, uh -huh, uh -huh. Yeah, yeah, Charles yeah, yeah. This one, this one, Mr. Patterson, this one killed me. The fact that Charles was a master gardener, yet never brought Diana a single bloom. That, that broke mm -hmm. my heart a little bit. Um, mm -hmm. or, or I'd never heard this one either. When Diana jolted awake from a recurring dream about Charles's coronation, when his crown fits, but hers does not. Uh -huh. Leading her to believe correctly that she would never be queen, which of course she ended up saying in that infamous panorama interview in 1995. So I would love to know what was the most surprising thing you learned from your research? I, I think just how she loved to have fun. I mean, I thought that was really a neat thing. But there, there are different little things here which just tell you so much. Uh, just little things, you know, like sometimes you'll just be with somebody and you'll kind of get them or you'll get their situation so much better yeah. than you did. And, and one of the quotes from Charles, uh, it just really got into where he was at in terms of, he's supposed to be, you know, falling in love with somebody. And the press was bugging him about Diana. This is before they were married. 
And, 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 and he said to them, he said, you mustn't rush me. I mustn't get it wrong or your lot will be the first to criticize me in a few years time. And that's how he's choosing uh, the person to be with for the rest of his life. Yeah. Uh, um, and, and I think it was true to the, you know, and, and that's part of the reason that she had so much trouble with the marriage. She wanted, I think she threw herself into it. I think she wanted to, to, to raise children. I think she wanted to love her husband and, and be loved back. Uh, I think she was willing to, I mean, she, from afar, she loved the idea of being a princess, but when you actually get into it and all the duties and, and being watched like that, uh, you suddenly you go, you know, be careful what you wish for, uh, yeah. because this princess thing isn't all that, uh, that people think it is when they're like 10 years old. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. In the book, you write, Diana's starting to find her voice, her actions growing braver as her compassion is sparked. Yeah. How did compassion and empathy help Diana find her power? Well, I think that, you know, she she realized at a certain point that being, being a mother was working for her. Being a wife was not working for her. Uh, the restrictions put on her by the crown, that wasn't working for her as well. Um, but I think she, she, she found that she could get an outlet in terms of charities. Uh, and, and so that became a huge deal for her. And, um, uh, and, 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 and it was a way, I mean, she was famous. And suddenly she realized, I think, how popular she was and how people loved her. And I think she took some, she, she, she liked that. Who wouldn't? Who wouldn't like that? I mean, most people like being loved up to a point. And um, uh, but I think she threw herself into the charities and she tried with the boys to normalize their lives as much as she could. She, um, you know, she would take them to, to, homeless, to homeless kitchens and whatever. And there was one incident where uh, one of the homeless uh, men sort of scared Will a little bit. And she said, you know, look, not everybody is going to love us. And, mm -hmm. um, uh, and, you, and I, I, I want you boys to understand that, you know, we're incredibly lucky in so many ways. I mean, we have money. We don't have to worry where the food comes from. We, you know, get driven around. We have nice cars. We have a wonderful life. But it's not that way for most people. And you need to understand that. And, and um, you know, she would, she would bring them to McDonald's. And I think she brought the queen there one time too. And the queen didn't get it. She said, well, the hamburgers really aren't that good. And, <laughs> and, and Diana said, that's not the point. They love the Happy Meals. And the Happy Meals are all about the toy in the Happy Meal. It's not about the hamburger. Exactly. For, you know, really. um, and that's a delightful. And I think a lot of people can relate to that. Uh, when you kind of get behind the scenes, and see the real person. You know, um, I have been lucky in that, as you mentioned before, I've, 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 I've worked with the Clintons. Uh, I've done some things with the Bushes. I, I know the Trumps a little bit. And, and the humanity always surprises people. You know, for example, the first time my wife Sue and I went out with the Clintons for dinner, and it was a long dinner because we, we get along nicely and we're fun and we don't talk about politics at all. I don't talk, talk about politics to any of them. Um, That's probably smart. You, oh, well, I don't know. It keeps your sanity and keeps yeah. the, the, the conversation in a good place. But uh, during that evening, the, the first time we were out, uh, uh, the president and Hillary were holding hands three or four times during the meal. And people don't think of them that way. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, obviously it's, it's been a complicated relationship. Um, but there's love there. You know, uh, Trump, uh, uh, 
when he's in his in his um, um, golf cart, if the kids call, he'll be like, "Hey, sweetheart, how are you?" He talks to them that way, which is interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, the Bushes, I went to uh, Barbara would have her uh, literacy things. I went to a couple of those, and and they're just very they were very funny together. Mm-hmm. Uh, you just get you get a, you, you see the humanity. Uh, which is, and and that's what I think happens, hopefully, with this book, you feel the humanity, you feel her struggling to hold this marriage together, but you feel her, her love for these boys and and, and their love for for her. And, um, you know, and she tried to protect them and Will did not like, which is interesting, because he went from being sort of the, a wild whirlwind Will, they called it when he was a little kid, he was all over the place. And one time he tried to flush uh, Charles's Gucci loafers down the toilet. Yeah. <laughs> Not a bad idea. And there's one scene in there where um, they're on the, having a little holiday in the British Virgin Islands and the press are everywhere with the click, click, yeah. click, click. And, and the boys uh, decide they want to throw water balloons off, off the hill there at the, at the boats that the press were, were in. And she gets right, right with them. And she says, yeah, and I'll be your chief loader. So she would get the balloons ready for them. And they throw water balloons at the, at the press down below. I'm sorry. I know you guys are press, but you know, water balloons won't hurt you that much. Well, we're, <laughs> yes and no. We're not photographers. So we wouldn't have been okay, on right. at the British okay. Virgin Islands chasing them. But, you know, I, you, you said this and you're right. It, it, the, the book reads like movie scenes, um, mm-hmm. right? And it's just short chapters and just, it's, it's just really good. And I love the scene, if you want to call it that, because obviously it's not a movie. It really happened where Prince Philip, who is Diana's father-in-law, is talking to Diana. He says, if you don't behave, my girl, we'll take your title away. And she retorts, perfectly timed, my title is a lot older than yours, Philip. And that's uh, like, <laughs> yeah. yes, yeah, no, yes, she was Diana, smart. go. Uh-huh, and, uh, uh-huh. So I'm, I'm yeah. wondering. There's another know. nice scene there with Philip, though, where he's um, uh, playing with uh, uh, John Kennedy's uh, son, mm-hmm. you know, and, 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 he, and he was he was very warm with the boys. I mean, he he was clearly a very traditional uh, uh, approach to um the crown and the and, and the royal family, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he also was was very close and he had some real warmth with the boys. And I, and, and, and I think they sure. love him a lot, you know? Yeah, and that's the thing is that like these characters are real people. So they're multifaceted, they're complex. Like obviously this show has been around for going on two years. We mourned Philip's death last year. We love Philip. We love Diana. It's a family, right? And so yeah. I'm wondering, you talk about humanizing people. Was it difficult to write characters that everyone knows, like Diana, like Philip, William, or Harry? Um, I, you know, obviously uh, I had a lot of help because there was so much information, uh, so many stories. I mean, I think that one of the difficulties with this is deciding what to put into the book. And, uh-huh. and, you know, and this isn't one of these biographies where you're going to it's going to go on for a thousand pages and you're going to know more than you want to know. Uh, uh, these are just different stories that struck me that you re, you'd really it would reveal something about the people. That's what I was the most interested in. What is the effect of, you know, what is what is it like being in the royal family? What's the po- mm-hmm. you know, positive? Obviously, you know you would think that this tradition that for a lot of people in England, it's, it's a good thing. It's useful. It helps to hold the country together when things aren't going well, obviously during the wars, it was, it was very useful. Um, And a lot of people believe in it. Some people have issues with it, 
but but you know when you have to sacrifice for that, obviously Will is willing to sacrifice for it and 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 to 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 to, to become you know presumably to become king at some point. Mm-hmm. Harry uh, at a certain point just said, I I my wife and I. We, we can't do this. We, we have to, we have to, we have to get out of here. Got to get out of the country, uh, in which obviously they've done. And it'll be interesting to see where that goes over oh, time. Oh yeah. No kidding. We follow it every day. I'll bet. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, I, another thing I found interesting in the book, um, you detail that Diana made tapes before her death. For oh, the I love that. Wives of her I love husband. that. That's yeah, so and, wild. Yeah. 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 You yeah. Know, she obviously had no idea who these future wives would be. Um, and I, I just found it interesting that she called it a one-way chat. Um, uh-huh, uh-huh. Do, do you think that- Well, she- sure, that's what it was. I, mean, I don't think I don't think she saw her mortality there, but, if, but she knew that, I mean, she's just talking and, and they don't get a chance to talk back. No, I love that. In fact, I have a couple of friends who have done you know, those kind of tapes of the grandkids or whatever will sort of know who they are, uh, which I think is terrific. Um, uh, but she says, I mean, she says a lot of things, but, you know, welcome to the royal family or the family business, she calls it, which is pretty funny. Uh, and, and and she says, and this does, uh, uh, cherish your children for me. Uh, they carry my heart. Let them know I love them and will always watch over them. So, I mean, there's a little sense of maybe her, her wondering, you know, how long she'll be around. Uh, but 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 I love I love that notion and I, I just uh, wrote my autobiography and I was very close to my grandmother and one thing one of the things I say in there is if my grandmother was alive she'd be 114 um, but as long as I'm writing about her she is alive you know That's what right. I mean uh, uh, which right. is kind of cool uh, I, I, I I love that as a way and it's a useful thing even for people listening that idea of you know what. We're going to put down some tape so that the kids will remember us better, and and, and yeah. maybe kids that aren't around after we're gone uh, will will have a, have a flavor for who who we were. Well, to that end about her mortality, you write in the book that during her last summer, the summer of 1997, of course, her friend Gianni Versace is murdered about six weeks yeah. before her own yeah. untimely death. So she asked you you detail this in the book. She asked one of Dodi Al Fayed's bodyguards do you think they'll do that to me so mm-hmm, do you know do you think at all she had a sense sure i know i know i mean i think we all have a little bit of that kind of every once in a while we'll go like hmm, i wonder if i'll last through this uh <laughs> car ride because my son drives too fast yeah. you know no I, I you know but there well it's certainly in the way they drive over there you you do wonder a lot of times whether you're going to survive a car ride um, you know, it's a, it reminds me of a little funny thing with all the funerals that they go to. President Clinton goes to a ton of funerals, and I kid him about that. But there's another friend of ours who was a prime minister of Canada, and he goes to all these funerals, and his line is, you die, I fly. Yeah, um, I, I remember I've heard <laughs> that before. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Well, Charles and Diana's divorce was finalized on August 28, 1996, and her death was 368 days later. Um, how would you describe that last year of her life and specifically that last summer? I think it was chaos for her. I think she was really desperately trying to find herself. I'm sure there was some guilt there uh, about, about you know leaving the royal family. Um, she wasn't seeing the boys as much as she had. Uh, I, I, I think she was, I think she was really desperately trying to find herself. 
she was starting to fall in love with that last, who knows, uh, but she was feeling it. Um, I think she, I think she, 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 she is a, she was a, a romantic person. I think she loved people. Uh, I think she was she was liking some of the fame. I mean, some of the exposure she had to famous people, which which she enjoyed, the Elton Johns and uh, you know various people that well Versace mentioned, people that she gotten close to or gotten a, a sense of. And it is you know I um I I've dealt with a fair number of famous people, and I grew up. I mentioned being on the Hudson River. I grew up farther up the Hudson River, a small town, and I consider it a. Uh, a blessing that I look at, the, I still look at the world through the eyes of some kid from Newburgh, New York. Mm-hmm. And so I really get, I, I'm on a podcast. This is, this is kind of cool. And we're talking about a book I wrote and, and, and I find, I get a kick out of that. And I get a kick out of, of knowing president Clinton and, um, and, and the Bushes and Dolly Parton, obviously who I just wrote a book with too. We're doing a movie now. And um, uh, but I but I really get a kick out of it, and I think Diana uh, was enough of a real person and and modest enough, and real enough and grounded enough. I think she really got a kick out of uh, these relationships that she had formed and was continuing to form with mm-hmm. uh, with real people. And you know, not everybody, but a lot of us like that little applause. We come into a room and people are like, oh, my God, it's you, you know, Uh, and I think she got a lot of that. And I think she liked it. But I do think I think it was I think it was a difficult period for I think it was very chaotic. And, you know, you would hope that she would, you know, kind of land with her feet on the ground. And as I said, I mean, that thing, I don't know if you've ever done it over in Europe, but occasionally we've had these drivers. And you go like 100 miles an hour and you're like, no, oh, yeah. don't do that. Don't, I was just in Europe last <laughs> month and I, I never get car sick, but I was, I don't know if it was because they were driving so fast or we were uh-huh. on the quote unquote wrong side of the road. I had to put my head down at one point in one, I think it was, I was in London. <laughs> And I just, I mean, I, I completely understand. And we went, we actually went to Paris as well and, and saw the site of Diana's accident. And speaking of Diana's accident, I never knew, I learned in your book, like, I mean, seriously, I think at this point, I know everything about the Royal family. I learned tons from, from this book. I never knew that Diana's code name in the Paris hospital was Patricia, which was named for a patron saint of Naples who died young after sharing her wealth with the poor. So interesting. You write Mm -hmm. about a police officer seeing her pale face, her eyes closed, her eyelids seemingly made up with a night blue shade. Um, I remember exactly where I was. I was only 10, but I remember exactly where I was on August 31st, 1997. Do you remember where you were the night? Yeah, I do. I do. And I remember uh, Sue and I both get up pretty early, but I was up earlier and I flipped on uh, the news and I got the news. And then I had to stop and think because Sue really, um, I want to say she's close to Diana, but I mean, she, she had a feeling for her as a lot of, so many people do. Mm-hmm. And I'm going like, oh my God, I have to go tell Sue. It was like going to tell her that uh, either a close friend or a relative had died. And that's hard, but I remember that. I, I never forget it. And then and just going, and you don't want to scare the person either. So yeah. you need to sort of get it out. Uh, um, so I, uh, uh, you know, I went and I, and I, and I held her hand for a second. I said, hi. And, and I don't remember exactly what I said, but I told her very quickly, uh, that, that I, Diana had just died in a car crash. 
Um, so, but I do, I do, I do remember it, you know, very, uh, very clearly. Was she just shocked? Yeah. Oh yeah. Like yeah, we yeah. all she were. Still, she does. She still, you know, I mean, it's, and she's not a crazy person and she tends not to, you know, have these, you know, crushes on movie stars or whatever. She's pretty down to earth, but with Diana, it was different for her. Yeah. And she yeah. still does. She still, you know, has that, you know, and I think, I think a lot of us do. I mean, it, it's one of those things where you go like, why her? Yeah, exactly. Why then? It's one of the, you know. Um, why then? Yeah, why then? We had a, I wrote a book on thing. Lennon, John Lennon, and um, not, not the same, but so, for some people, uh, you know, I have to, I was, um, uh, at that time I was living in New York and I was like nine blocks away from the Dakota where he was living and where he was shot. Mm -hmm. And I went up there that night and the crowd was already starting to form. And a few days later, they had a big memorial in Central Park, which Dakota is right there. And um, and I remember actually a photographer friend of mine, uh, Harry Benson, uh, took a shot of this park and and some people were holding up this banner that just said, why? And yeah, that captured exactly. the whole thing. Here's this, you know, thousands of mourners and just that thing. And I think that captures uh, to some extent, you know, with Diana, why? I mean, it's like, you know, not not her. Don't let her die. There's plenty of people. You know, if we got if somebody's got to die, not her, exactly. somebody else, you know, yeah. In your writing, you tell us about plans for Diana to star in the sequel, The Bodyguard. Yeah, the Co Kevin Costner. Yeah, 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 yeah. So had she lived to 1998, what else was next for her in life? I think, once again, I said, I, I, I think, you know, my sense of it is that it, she was in a little bit of chaos and not, not like a lot of us. I mean, gee, you know, second act, okay? And then, boy, that first act was pretty amazing. Mm. And where do we go from there? I'm sure she would have done more with the charities. You know, uh, maybe she would have gotten married. Uh, I'm sure she would have, you know, spent a lot more time with the boys. And yeah, I, you know, I mean, uh, you hope you can handle the fame part well. That's what we were talking earlier. And we'll see how Harry and, and Meghan do with that. Mm -hmm. um, um, and, you know, some people handle it well and some people it's, it's difficult. Um, the Kevin Costner, I, it, uh, our son Jack actually was in a class with... Uh, his illegitimate, I, that's a terrible thing, with, with, with a, a son of his. Um, yeah, so that was, um, yeah, I, I don't know where it would have gone, but I, I, I did just have this, a sense of, of, of her being in, in kind of disarray for, for, for a short time. Yeah, figuring it out like we all do at certain points yeah. in life, you know? So, I haven't figured it out. Have you guys figured it out? No, absolutely yeah. not. <laughs> right. Not even a little bit. Uh-huh, uh-huh. So every yeah. once in a while in a day, I said, yeah, no, maybe I'm like starting to, you know, and then the next day it's gone. <laughs> yeah. you know? I, I might know. figure it out for one day and then for the, uh, the other six of the week. No, but uh -huh. um, so as you said earlier, at the crux of this book is about Diana's mom, which I agree. I don't think it's a story that has been told like this ever before. Her funeral was September 6th. Harry's 13th birthday was just about a week later on September 15th. So while Diana was in Paris, you write before the crash. Diana bought Harry a PlayStation for his birthday, hearkening back to 1997 and how popular that was. So it came down to Diana's older sister, Lady Sarah McCorkadale, to give Harry, the, like that makes yeah. me want to cry, to give Harry the PlayStation yeah, 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 from yeah, his yeah, mom. Yeah, that yeah. anecdote broke my heart. Yeah, so from, yeah. from where Tough you- duty. Well, you know, the thing also, just a visual that can break your heart is mm -hmm. the two boys you know, walking to the funeral. Oh my God. I just yeah. watched a documentary. I mean, you just, that's, see, that's just one of those iconic scenes and it just, it just, 
Yeah, we I got just watched so much. Yeah, I just watched a documentary this weekend. It's coming out on HBO this upcoming weekend, the 13th, that I think you would like, Mr. Patterson, um, called The Princess. And it shows, of course, the funeral. And just like, I mean, they're just so young and it's just so yeah. vulnerable in that moment. But yeah. from where and you, you also see, once again, that just the, the power of of not just of her, but of the crowd. Yeah, just, absolutely. You know, I, so I many still, people come out to these things. Uh, oh yeah, you know, it and it's crazy. It's just it's so so much a part of England. Well, from where you sit, what is Diana's legacy? Twenty five, uh, unbelievably, twenty five years after her passing. Well, I, I think the the, um, the the legacy is is really in that sense of living a good, joyful life and and giving back. I mean, she she's one of these people that that made the most of her situation even though the situation was not ideal in a lot of ways uh she made the most of it she and that's what you want to have happen you want i mean on some level for some people you know jfk did some of that sort of making the best of of whatever he could and giving back and i you know i and and, and you i mean dolly parton uh who, who you know uh, uh certainly does a lot of that she really gives back and mm-hmm. she brings that joy to life, which is, uh, which is very special. Um, uh, and, and I think, I mean, there aren't enough of those people. And, and Diana is certainly one of those. So I think we will treasure that for, for a long time. Well, I know today we've mostly focused on Diana because it is getting close to August 31st. But yeah. I also want to mention that the book dives deep into the lives of William and Harry, both before and after her death. And at one point, you write about the brothers recreating a striptease scene from the film The Full Monty, calling it their party piece whenever they get together with friends. So knowing that they were once so close does it hurt to see the brothers be so far apart today it doesn't hurt me I mean I'm not that involved in it but yeah you would hope that at some point they had been you know so tight for so long Mm -hmm. um and obviously you know Will's committing to the crown and and Harry stepping away uh I, I guess that's created most of the friction and 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 you hope you hope that they'll that they'll get back together again it happens it happens. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you see it all the time. Where whatever siblings, you know, they they just get past whatever, and they remember um, the incredible things about one another. And uh, you know, I, I and sometimes, but sometimes it doesn't. I mean, and, and and you know, you grow up with certain people, and and but but you see them as adults, and you don't like the adults that much. You know, it happens. Yeah. So yeah. Well, last question for you. What sure. do you hope readers ultimately get out of this book? I, you know, I just, I, to me, <laughs> I was talking to our son recently about, he's, he's doing some banking stuff and he's making a lot of money. He's, he's still a kid, but I said, are, are you enjoying? He said, not too much. And I said, I, you know, we got this little blink of life on the earth. And uh, if you're lucky enough to have the opportunity to have a joyful, happy life, man, grab it. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, 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 sometimes things get in the way, sickness and whatever. But uh, if you have that opportunity, uh, um, go for it. So uh, I'm all for uh, 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 books that I write bringing joy into people's lives. And I, I hope this one does. I think it will. I think it will. It, it brought joy into my life. I read it in one sitting and I and I rarely have time to do that anymore. But I 
booked away a Friday night and I said, this is my plans. And it was great. It was well, it's nice. Also, the reviews have so far have been really nice, too. And uh, I have to believe a lot of people go, oh, my God, another Diana book. And I think they're surprised. It's like it isn't it's, mm -hmm. it's different than it is know. different. And it like is. I said, if we're if like not to say that Jessica and I are know-it-alls, but if Jessica and I, I are think lucky, you are, I think. Well, I mean, we, we study this day and intake. Thank you. I'll take that compliment. But if we if we I learned not just one anecdote, but at least five to ten. And that's really saying something. So well done. Well, done. All right. well thank you so much. This is a very nice talk and uh, lots of luck with the podcast and the rest of life and 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 Alabama, which I do <laughs> enjoy. You. I like I like thank Alabama. You. Books thank a million. You so thank bye you bye. so much for being here. Bye bye. Thank you. Bye. Well, as we said earlier this summer, we had a huge guest that you might not think was in the royal adjacent world, but now it all makes sense. So it's James Patterson. What a great way to to close this season, if you will. And I don't think I'll ever get over that. I think it's a great way to send off into our summer break. I think so too. And I really hope listeners enjoyed that interview as much as we did. I know, I know that they did. Um, and he truly, we, we said this in the interview, but he truly has so much in that book that you've probably never heard before. Yeah. So go get it and, and definitely check it out. Absolutely. All right, listeners, we will be back in mid-September. But until then, don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Podcast Royal. Email us, please. We love getting your emails at hellopodcastroyal at gmail.com. And follow, rate, and review our podcast. Five stars, please. We would really appreciate that. Thank you so much for tuning into episode 68 and all the others of Podcast Royal. Have a great month, and we'll see you very soon. Bye. Bye. Bye.